Hey, welcome to episode 97 of Bono's Health, and I'm joined by someone who really knows health, Stephen Horney, physical therapist back in New York City. Uh, we connected back there a while ago, and I have enjoyed staying in touch with this man because he is a wealth of knowledge. We are on some similar wavelengths, so I hope you guys get a lot out of this. I was jogging, and I had this idea, because he's been on a few episodes before, to do a rapid fire episode. Uh, I've heard it on a few other folks. I'll give credit to uh, Chasing Excellence, Ben Bergeron, where we who have too much knowledge tend to go off on tangents. So <laughs> there's the two minute warning, kind of two minute uh, time cap. So I did that. I actually knocked it down to 90 seconds where I'm asking Stephen questions on 90 seconds. And then I gave a little 60 second rebuttal. We mostly stuck to that time frame here. Uh, he actually did an amazing job of getting it in um, and being concise so without further ado, jumping in to episode 97, Bono's Health, Stephen Horney. Uh, let's go rapid fire. Before we get started, if you could and you've been getting anything out of this, please leave a rating and review. It will really help the show grow and get us out to more folks like you who are benefiting from the information we're putting together here. So please leave a rating review in your app of choice. Here we go. There we are. We're live. We got YBN Corday RNP featuring Anderson Pack. This is special request from our friend here, Stephen Horny. And <laughs> we're going to let it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> It's got the, the words help. There. Oh, this is when they rap and they say words that. Yeah, and I'm not going to say the words that there they we go. say. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, this is. Is this your third or fourth time on here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So the other last week I was jogging. I did an hour jog, and I was like listening to some podcast, and I was like, let's let's touch base with this guy. Because him and I, I think, are soul brothers from other mothers. Uh, and we both are very passionate and excited about these concepts of healthy habits and improving this entire picture of health. So I texted him as I was jogging. He said, let's do this thing. So here we are. We're going to do rapid fire. We're going to jump into it. This instrumental is definitely not as good as the with the lyrics. But for various reasons, we're not having the lyrics on here. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm going to have the clock. I'm going to throw a topic at Steve. And he always changes whether he has the V or the PH in his name. I don't know why. I don't know. Why? My why, man. why? 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 Is why? 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 <laughs> um, so I'm going to pause this. I hate to ruin the vibe, but That's okay. no. uh, <laughs> we'll have to finish off with that too. Business. We're gonna keep keep respectfully your time, but 90 seconds for you to go. I'm gonna try to get my kind of quick throwing two cents within a minute afterwards. So Ooh, we're, we're, okay. we're looking at less than two and a half minutes per topic. And the setup here, guys, if you're ch just jumping in, is setting up a week's worth of kind of healthy habits. So I wanna throw out, let's try this one out. First one is, uh, this one's a little ambiguous, tough. I'm gonna start it here though of, First thing in the morning, what are the top things yeah. we should be doing? I'm going to disclaimer that. I'm going to let you think and stew on that one because it's a big Throw in what you can. But I want to disclaimer all of these since we're talking about health, wellness, fitness of number one, it depends. 
The answer sure. is always, it depends. So I'm taking that off the plate for you. Oh. And also for listeners, anytime you're watching a video, listening to folks like us, the answer is, it depends. Your situation might be very different from these general recommendations. So if we're talking about getting sunshine, vitamin D, whatever, uh, any of these things, be very cautious of, it depends on your situation. Uh, a lot of factors always go into it. The other one is, this is for informational purposes only. So don't say, oh, I heard, you know, Stephen Hardy say, I should go and take 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. And I started doing that and I got sick and now I'm going to sue Stephen Horney. So don't do that. Don't be yeah. that guy. So <laughs> this is for informational purposes only. So I'm going to start the clock. Our first topic here is the very first thing we should be doing in the morning. Three, two, one, go. Get out of bed, leave my glasses off. Go fill up a cup of water. Spray some B12 on, under my tongue while I'm doing that. Put the B12, uh, put the vitamin D into the water, drink the water. So that was, that was it. That's the whole thing. But I can take you, I think in 90 seconds to like the whole thing. Then I go and I take a poop because that just happens. But I read with my glasses off because when I started reading with my glasses off first thing in the morning, my prescription just stopped where it was at. Those are muscles. So that's that. So then I, I read three pages while I'm you know, doing my business on there. And then as quickly as I can, I get real sunlight on my eyes and I meditate before I come off of airplane mode. This is all true. This is not like my ideal. I don't have kids right now. Like this is <laughs> very doable in my world. I can just wake up a little bit early. So yeah. So wake up, glass of water, vitamin D, B, vitamin D and B12, because I am primarily plant-based. I need those. That's really important. Before the first meal, some omega-3 stuff as well. And then drop a deuce, read at least three pages while I don't have my glasses on and meditate before I come off of airplane mode. How many seconds is that? Right, right on, right, on, right, on, right there. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do my 60-second spiel there. This 90, Bo. Is it, am I allowed to give you like you can do 90. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> I want I want to keep it I want to keep it moving. I want to keep these topics cuz and I want them to flow off each other too, but in mm -hmm. in terms of the the formatting later, that was good though. I appreciate the uh, commitment there. So, keeping in mind, I, I do want to wrap up the fact that and I, and if you do go shorter, I get a few extra seconds. So, uh <laughs> I appreciate that. So, about 30 seconds left for me now is uh I do I do like the fact that you're sharing you, what you do again. Uh, and you do the voodoo that you do so well. So <laughs> the the important thing there, guys, again, guys, is it's going to be a little different for everyone. He mentioned he's plant-based. Something to think about whether you're doing the B12, the D. Something about D real quick I will throw in is first thing in the morning, best time to take it. If you have access to sunshine like we do here in Colorado over 300 days a year, uh, ideal to go out and get that sunshine right on your skin. That was one of the other ones I was going to go to. That's my time. Let's go to number two. And, uh, and again, some of these are going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, whatever. But I'm going to reset the clock. Uh, let's jump to the water you're drinking, B12, D, uh, sunshine, poop, eye exercises, just to summarize. So number two topic is, a little bit, again, off field, is if, it's, if you're not pooping regularly or what are some things we should be thinking about when it comes to poop? We're going to jump right into poops, folks. Poops, poops. Don't jump into the poops. Three, two, one, go. Do you diaphragmatically breathe? Is like the number one. Is your diaphragm 
helping with that peristalsis so that you get nice movement through your intestines. Una, dos, is are you exercising? There's nothing better for you and your digestion than to actually, maybe because it's the deep breathing aspect, maybe it's because there's a little bit up and down with it, maybe it's just movement, all the above. But I would say that the two things for that, and this will leave you some time, can you diaphragmatically breathe? Meaning, do you do you breathe where you see your belly rise and fall, or are you all chesty as hell? And then the other one is, are you exercising regularly? And I'll throw it back to you. All right. Thank you for all that time. That was only 44 seconds. Uh, Along those lines. So again, we talk about environment. We talk about setting yourself up for success. One of those pieces is the squatty potty, right? Uh, So in terms of, I don't know how you feel about that, but in terms of even Mm -hmm. the ability to breathe, but that's one of the sales pitches of the squatty potty is, uh, and and just doing those deep squats. Two things I might be doing coming up, a little promo is one, uh, the Ido Portal, I'm sure you're familiar, uh, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes a day of of uh, squatting for 30 days. So just really opening up knees, ankles, hips, as well as that digestive system. Um, again, if you're not regular with your poop, and again, most people are not, things to pay attention to is a pretty important topic. Uh, again, a lot of folks go and have Mexican food or spicy food or Indian food, and then they're, they have problems using the restroom. So this comes back to what are you eating? How's it affecting you? If you have your plant-based kind of uh, supplementation all dialed in, you have your timing down, again, that regular kind of routine, along with breathing, along with exercising, having those foundations down. And Steve's got a, a course he's teaching called the Foundations of Health. You want to, you want to, we can, we got some time to promo that. You got about 30 seconds. You want to promo that in 30 seconds? Yeah. Foundations of Health is all of these different factors that can affect your entire, yeah, affect your internal environment. Foundation of movement is the physical assessment that I use on every single one of my patients. It's really good. It's really helpful. It catches core weakness and it catches the typical low hanging fruit. Awesome. And, and can yeah. I talk about the squatty potty real quick? Cause I have like yeah. a very yeah, go for it. With it. Okay. This is like, this is one of the times where I, you always like hope people are watching, but then there's some times where you hope no one's watching. This would be one of those. <laughs> so I was like a, a very early adopter of the squatty potty and I, it made me feel like I was so good at pooping that I would just hang out there for like too long. It made pooping like so almost enjoyable that I would log like 20, 30, 40 minutes pooping. And that was just too long. So now when I use the squatty potty, I really, and again, it bases back to the book because I always like to read while I'm pooping. It just seems like a good kind of like um, complimentary thing. Then I'll just do the squatty potty for like one page then like not squatty potty for a page then i'll squatty potty for (laughs) and i'll not squatty potty for a page but there is really good research about the squatty potty and emptying your bowels for sure no doubt so at the end of the day we'll have a link in the show notes about buying a squatty potty i think you just get them on amazon or bed bath and beyond any of that stuff i just use a flipped over thing yeah you could just you could just put something there as the cheaper version i think you can get them for 19 20 bucks is the the plastic one but yeah just throw some some stuff you can put your feet on. If you're not familiar, again, we'll have a link somewhere. And we'll, we'll, we got to keep moving, though, folks. we got to keep moving. Rapid fire. We're missing the rapidness. Um, so a big one for most people. We're still in the morning routine. You didn't mention it, but coffee. What are we thinking about coffee? What are your takes? Three, two, one, go. Okay. Caffeine is probably one of the most well-studied and effective supplements out there. I will say I do not ever drink coffee. That's not a dig on it. I think it's fine. I have a mind that idles pretty high. 
Um, and it, to me, it is a little bit baffling people that that don't have a great relationship with anxiety that they caffeinate frequently. Like I, I understand it because a lot of us are a little bit sleep deprived, but I think that if aliens came down and looked at us and we're like, wait a minute, like this person suffers from anxiety and they're taking a stimulant every single morning. I think the aliens would be kind of like, well, that's, that's a little bit weird. So I think that it pre-workout great stuff. Maybe later in the day when like you find that sweet spot where it's not going to keep you up, but you're, you're not like heavily cortisol at that moment. Cause when you wake up, your cortisol is like blazing already. It should so, be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's not, but that that's kind of where it falls with me. But have I had more than 55 cups of coffee in my life? No. Did I enjoy every single one of them? Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking some coffee right now. Uh, you seed your time. So, I mean, 55 cups of coffee, I probably have that in a week. That's, that's all good. Um, but yeah, I use it for, again, I try, I think I have a lot of the other stuff nailed down. The other thing just for general purposes is generally drink it black. Make sure if you are drinking it, we're going fair trade, we're going organic because there's pesticides, there's all sorts of, you know, uh, possible mold, toxicity, all sorts of stuff going on there. So in general, yes, we don't want to be reliant on it. Uh, we I would challenge folks to do a caffeine cleanse, try to not have it. Again, you might get some headaches if you're really relying on it. Something to work on with a practitioner who understands these things. Uh, but that was good. We're under two minutes for the between you and I. I'm going to move on from coffee. Pretty big topic. Along that concept we'll stay with is something that's pretty popular in this space that we're talking about is lemon water. So how do you feel? Is that, do you, do you find it's bunk? Is, is there any thoughts on it? Three, two, one. Oh, this is, I, I don't have enough information. I I've heard both sides. I've heard that if you have something that's acidic, then it'll end up making your body perhaps more alkaline. I've, I've heard that. And then I totally understand the, it's definitely acidic entering your body. And, and some people have some trouble with that. And then can you take the other side of like the people that have trouble with that? Is it because they're underproducing acid or, or not? And, th and that's a real thing as well. Uh, I know enough to know what I know and what I don't know about. <laughs> I will say that I give this back to you. All right. Well, only 33 seconds there. So um, I, I think I'm a big fan of it. Again, I think it's uh, low risk, possibly decent reward. So that's the way I look at a lot of these supplements concepts is uh, what's the risk? What's the reward? Again, I, I get the Costco size lemon juice, so I don't have to deal with, you know, lemons going bad. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't use a lot of lemons and a lot of other things, but I'm sure I could just squeeze and have the extra step. But in terms of my morning routine, I do have a splash in the water. I do think that's the concept is, and I know a lot of folks who are very healthy, very lean, do a lot of other good things uh, and still incorporate that acidity, the lemon concept that it's setting up your metabolism for the day. Uh, if you're fasting, you know, there's all sorts of other implications. But yeah, again, very complex. I appreciate that uh, you threw that back to me and, and we're moving on from that. Staying in that theme, though, next topic, liquid calories in general. A lot of folks go to smoothies. You're plant-based. I assume it's easier for you to get, uh, and, and I'd love to hear your take on it, but just general liquid calories, smoothies, getting fruit in, uh, three, two, one, go, if that's enough of a question. Yeah, convenient. Convenient is all hell. That's, that's kind of what it comes down to. I will clarify, though, I am not totally plant-based, and, and I, I wouldn't say that being totally plant-based without right without oversight of certain metric mm -hmm. of certain lab values and without 
supplementation for sure right. is a good idea. I feel like that's just worth saying is like if someone just hears I'm plant-based and, and I'm not talking about X, Y, and Z, I, I feel like that's, I am primarily plant-based. We can leave it at that. But I will say in answer to kind of what you were talking about <laughs> as far as shoot the question back to me real quick. <laughs> just about liquid calories. Yes. Uh, so I'll, 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 we're on the, we're still on the clock between you and yeah. I. That's fine. Uh, I, one of my kind of simple rules, especially in the mornings, and this is something that was drilled into me a long time ago by a lot of people I trust is I'm going to bias your answer here, but, uh, just avoid liquid calories because it's, it's going to spike your insulin, like going into all these concepts. So, uh, and a lot of folks go to it because of convenience. Uh, yeah. but would you be better off spending the additional five minutes, like chewing the strawberries and blueberries and oh. finding a way to, to get that in? Well, that's kind of the in-between. And that's where I think it's, if it helps you skip a meal, you're down net calories. You're asking these questions and, and I take kind of the Huberman lab approach is <laughs> will 70, will this information help 75% of the people 75% of the time? And right. for most people who are in a caloric excess, they need to work towards getting into a caloric deficit. And can a smoothie, if it replaces a meal, end up putting them into a caloric deficit? Absolutely. Would they perhaps be better off if they have more time? Absolutely. Like if you end up taking that food and just eating it, you will probably, it'll probably have a higher satiation and satiety quotient to it. On the other side, and this is how I take it, I think with almond butters and cashew butters and different nut butters, and then also MCT oil, I think you can find the sweet spot between the two. All right. Good enough. Good enough. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing, real quick, that, that 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 whole story reminds me of, and I'll try to knock this out as we're a little over time on that topic. There's a baby crying. You can hear that. Um, <laughs> is uh, McDonald's uh, back in the day? They used to uh, try to figure out why the milkshake was one of their best-selling breakfast items. It didn't really make sense, and the guy like stood there and asked the questions. Um, they eventually figured out that it's long enough and thick enough, and they realized they had to make it thicker for someone's commute. So they would pick something up, have a 40 minute commute in the car. And it wasn't like dealing with, you know, sandwiches and wrappers. It was just being able to drink through the straw. And again, it's thick enough that it keeps you kind of feeling a little full. So anyway, uh, definitely over top over time on that one. Um, and so moving on to the next topic here, sticking with all this similar topic, we're gonna stick with if that's all right with you. Uh, how do you feel about a hunk of protein in the morning? Again, this is something that's thrown out there by uh, certain nutrition folks of get your protein, stabilize your blood sugar. It's going to keep you feeling more satiated uh, for longer. Three, two, one, go. Yeah. Yes. Protein in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good time. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's it. Uh, any, any thoughts on sources? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a little more expansion. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, just to, to piggyback off the last answer is 70% of the people <laughs> the biggest problem right now is most people in this country are overweight. Maybe not the people listening to this, but in general, that's, that is a problem. They're over adipose means they're over storing means they're over calorie. And if having a, a decent pro protein is very satiating, it, there's, it's kind of undeniable in that, in that regard. And so if you can get your body tuned into that and that feeling early on, I think that it's important and to look at it from the opposite side, 
personally, and this is like me search mixed with a little bit of anecdata, but people who have processed carbohydrates as their first meal, I think are chasing processed carbohydrates the entire day. And I think if you dial in what you do first, such as like reading and being focused with your brain, same thing can happen with your diet. And I think it makes a difference and you can get yourself dialed into not spiking, but stabilizing. All right, we'll leave, we'll leave it there. The, uh, the only thing I'll say is again, uh, similar to what you said, most folks are under or over adipose, uh, they're under muscle. And yes. protein is a way that should work with these other things we're talking about, exercise and allowing. And again, most people I assess on their food nutrition side is they're not eating enough protein. There's basic general recommendations. The really, really overly simplified one is 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. If you have a 200 pound male, I'm just a little under that. Uh, I would need 140 grams of protein a day, which is a lot to kind of maintain along with my active lifestyle. Um, and we can we can go into more depth on that, but uh, we will keep it moving. Um, but there's a lot there. I, I'm a big fan as, as well. My answer was yes as well. <laughs> um, so moving into the next one, heavy lifting, uh, just general concept. I know the answer is yes again, but I'd like you to expand uh, any other thoughts on heavy lifting, how to incorporate, how often to incorporate it through the week. Uh, things like that. Again, timing of the day as well. Anything like that, three, two, one. Yeah. So with heavy lifting, one, you have to earn it. You can't just say like, today I'm going to start heavy lifting. You have to build yourself up for that. I think you really have to make sure that you can achieve a tall, long, neutral spine and maintain the tall, long, neutral spine throughout the entire lift. The next part is I like Marty Gallagher's approach to it. Big time. He lifts heavy. He does all of the lifts one time a week and lets his body recover for it. It's not like he's doing, not doing other stuff. I understand that you can train strength more frequently. It's just worked for me. I will say that there is probably some ceiling and, and, and this is intentionally towards the end of my answer to throw it back to you, but is it 1.5 X body weight? And, and again, I'm the trap bar. Like I love the trap bar. I'm not putting down, but I think you have a trap bar like behind you though. Is that true? Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. So clearly you're not going to fight me on this, but like the trap bar for me is the most underutilized highest reward, lowest risk period. Like that's just in my eyes, a wrap. There's something at 1.5 X body weight, 1.75 X, 2 X. My hunch is that there will be a diminishing returns point where it's just a little more than your body would like, even if you've slowly worked your way up to it. What, what do you think that, do you think that number exists? And if so, what do you think that number is? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Right. Right. That was one thirty almost on the dot. I think um, <laughs> the um, is, does that number exist? I think so. Yes, I do think so. I just dealt with a CrossFitter yesterday uh, who never got to the 1.5 X deadlift of his body weight and he had some issues with his hips and backs and and again if you're especially if you're doing something like crossfit and this guy's been doing it for over 10 years and he never got his numbers to that level and i think that yes if you hit a certain threshold similar to a bank account similar mm -hmm. to the financial analogy is if you have you know and this might be very different in every single place they, but they say you should have at least um at least what is it uh you know six months of savings or whatever it is uh, in your bank account in case you lose your job, in case disability happens, in case all these things. 
So same kind of thing in building your fitness. That's the way I look at fitness is uh, I do think 1.5x deadlift is what we're talking about. Uh, again, we can talk about different forms and, and, and this and that, but I do think that is a huge minimal uh, kind of baseline kind of thing. And I, I think 2x might be the, 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 the ceiling on that that you need uh, past that. And if you even get to 2x, like you're, you're pretty good. You might, you, it might feel like you have $100,000 sitting there. Uh, in reserve, uh, you know, so so it's a nice cushion. The more cushion you have as we age, you know, the slower you're going to drip that, right? Especially being smart about some of these things. So 100%, that's the kind of CrossFit capacity concept for sure. So I don't know, but we went over time, so we got to move on. Uh, similar question, might bring it back, is max heart rate. How often should we be going to max heart rate? What does that mean to you? I'll say real quick, the over uh, the again simplified generic is 220 minus your age if you're 40 years old your max heart rate theoretically is 180 beats per minute uh i know folks who are 40 years old and can get their heart rates to 200 um so it's not a, a tried and true rule but how often should we be going there uh again uh similar to the max uh, lifting kind of concept three two one go yeah so also as, as per usual that number is based off of men and hasn't totally mm -hmm. Uh, 227 minus for women might be a little bit closer, but with that being said, it's, it, it is, it is just a very <laughs> rough guideline. It's not even close for me. Um, my heart rate goes way higher than that with, not with relative ease, but right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm so <laughs> nervous here. So to me, one time a week, I think that you should max that max that out. And you're going to notice a little bit of a trend, but I'll, I'll preface the rest of my answers with that. I think because I've worked my aerobic capacity and I've done enough cardiac power intervals. So cardiac power intervals. So there's cardiac output and there's cardiac power. Cardiac output method for aerobic is doing that long sustained cardio. The theory is that the left ventricle stretches out a little bit more. You get to a little bit more blood thrown out, et cetera, et cetera. Whether that's true or not for people who are already older is a non-rapid fire topic. Cardiac power is where you do something hard, total body for 90 seconds, which ends up by the end of it, getting you really closer at your max heart rate. I think you do that one time a week. Perfect. I, I thought you were going to keep going. You were 10 seconds under. Um, and I'll say, I'll I, say don't, that I don't even have a clock. I just know. I just know what's going on. <laughs> but internal clock. Uh, I, I'll say similarly, yeah, and I posted about this recently is, yeah, uh, from Dr. Andy Galpin is kind of who I'll give credit to there. I'm sure you're a fan of his as well. Is, yep. uh, and he did one, he did a recent Andrew Huberman episode as well. But three times a week, uh, cardio, and one time you hit that mat, you touch that max heart rate at least once a week. Um, and you can, you can do it every other week, maybe if, 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 you know, again, all things considered still probably doing some good. Uh, but if a lot of folks don't touch that max heart rate at all for many years. And so that's where we're trying to kind of bring that to light. Uh, the other two per week is again, that long, slow, steady, whatever that is, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever, uh, works for you. And then the third one being kind of a mixed modal bag where you're probably more in the 85 to 90% heart rate range. And, and again, maybe like a CrossFit type thing mixing pull-ups, push-ups, squats, whatever, um, but just kind of working through that to build some capacity. So we'll move on from that. But yeah, max heart rate, huge thing. I wanted to bring it up. So another one, we're both physical therapists here, is uh, foam rolling. How often, how much uh, soft tissue mobilization, if you want to go off of any of that, three, two, one, go. Boom. As necessary. Oh, but that's an independent answer. Oh, well, then I'll give you some more <laughs> specifics. 
figure out what you need more of. So I think we're of the camp and I'm not saying that we're like Jake Foley over here, but I think we have pretty dude hunger (laughs) games right there. I think that we are strong. I think we have good aerobic capacities. I think we have the ability to produce power. I think we move pretty well. Most people who are just coming to this are going to have an area where they're a little bit lower hanging that where they need to raise it up. And if your mobility, meaning your range, when I say that, I mean range of motion. And really that's, I'm talking about whether that's a muscle or whether it's a joint, whatever is holding you back from that range of motion. If you feel like that's your lowest hanging fruit, I think that you would want to hang out on the foam roller a little bit more for people who have pretty good mobility. It's a wake up tool, hit it quick. If you feel like you need it, but if it doesn't end up happening, your strengthening is much more important. Awesome. One twelve. That was, that was one of the faster ones. Weight <laughs> class freshman year. True story. <laughs> Room one twelve, where the players dwell. Uh huh. All right. White people. What do you got? Rap lyrics. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. How much you foam roll? You're like neck. Uh, yeah, I, I I have it in my in my living room. Uh, so for watching some um some Netflix at the end of the night or something, I'll throw it down. I'll get down on the floor. I'll open up the Rassic. Uh, extension really just undo oh. the damage from the day uh i'll hit some quads again generally a good thing whether i was most of the workouts i, I think i do are going to tighten up the quads and keep them healthier calves that kind of thing so again it's it's low cost again low risk uh is it doing some good i think so um it's keeping the tissues a little healthy the sliding surfaces uh, like kelly starrett's talk about healthier um the the other bit i'll say on on all that is um the the for you know there's all there's these kind of different sayings of for every hour working out you should do 30 minutes of working in including breathing including uh foam rolling any kind of recovery work so and that's gonna again maybe as you age we might need a little bit more kind of thing so or it would change that ratio a little bit so working out versus working in is a nice way to look at that so we'll move on from there because that was good yeah uh foam rolling and the research, we, we're not even, we didn't even open that can of worms. So uh, how about connection? How about connection? Mm-hmm. I know you and I talk about the foundations of health. We're connecting here. I appreciate you being on here. Uh, just in general, connection, three, two, one, go. Yeah. So my, I break connection down to three different things. Connection to self, connection to community, connection to nature. Connection to self is, is as simple as doing something that you enjoy that kind of just like makes you smile. You have to do it every day. I, I don't care. Do something for yourself. I don't care if it's a 30 second thing where you put on Lizzo's latest video and just like, I enjoy this. This is just <laughs> to me. But as far as nature, oh man, like if you can't, and this is a New York City problem, this isn't a you problem. But if you're in New York City, I think every week you got to get out and get into nature because this thing can can be a little much. And then as far as connection to others, it's really tough, but that almost needs to be constant. But if you're seeking it out, you got to volunteer at least once a month. So I use volunteering as my, like, I don't have a good family network, friends network. You need to volunteer. God, minimum once a month, you got to get into that. But I feel like that's why church is like once a week. People tend to, I think, crave connection at least on the weekly, but we, we want it daily. Nice. One tenth, one tenth. 
getting, getting a little getting a little more efficient every I'm round. Getting better. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I love that uh, way to approach it. And yeah, of course, it's one of the reasons we moved to Colorado is to have connection to nature. Uh, we literally, when we were living in Dubai and there was almost no nature there, we went to a wedding in, in France and uh, my wife Maha was hugging a tree. Like I miss, I need to connect literally physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things. So yeah, for sure. Uh, again, something like CrossFit community fitness, uh, you know, folks, folks get addicted, not just to the exercise part, the, the hormone release, the, the cortisol, the uh, adrenaline, the, the, all those good things, but also that kind of connection to humans. Uh, you know, even if those are just your 8am gym buddies, that you see in class all the time. So yeah, there's a huge, huge, huge piece there. And again, I, I do a weekly men's group. I've had some of men's uh, folks talking about men's groups on before. Um, it's, it's not as uh, misogynistic as anyone might think. So <laughs> just the chance to connect to, to some dudes and talk about more serious topics and in some, you know, safe spaces, so to speak. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different outlets. And if anyone's out there struggling, I actually reached out to a old physical therapy classmate a year younger than me yesterday or uh, yeah and he was like hey man i'm like struggling like are you available for a call and i was like yeah let's jump on a call like i'm, I'm here man uh so you know stuff like that being able to, to you know social media has as many negatives as it has um i do think some of those positives are in there where it allows you if you know how to use it as a tool to uh to really incorporate it better um moving on over time is We'll go with breathing. I know we touched on it a little bit. Um, I want to dive a little further into uh, just, yeah, how often should we be focusing on it, uh, maybe to lead that concept. And if anyone hasn't started a breathing practice or concept, being aware of it, uh, how do they start? Yeah, I think I think the way that you approach it is find out where you're at. And if you can lay down on your back, put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly, Breathe through, in through your nose and primarily see that belly hand rise. I think you're doing okay. And I think then you can just take that and say, okay, I can now incorporate this into a mindfulness practice. I don't need to like sit here and do breathing, period. But if you do have trouble with that, I, I think that that's a good place to start. I think carving out three to five minutes a day as you're wind down, because that can be done. I, I meditate first thing in the morning because I think it sets my mind in the right direction. With breathing, I think you can do it as kind of a cool down. So, and it lends itself to sleep. So then putting yourself in that position and just being patient, be like, you know what? Today, it's not going to happen. But in the next three weeks, I want to be able to breathe through my belly. And at some point, it's going to click over between now and then. So once you got that, that's great. The other thing though is, where your VO2 max is. And I think that a certain component of your VO2 max is actually how well you tolerate CO2. So if you are having trouble with tolerating CO2, or if you do a CO2 tolerance test, you breathe in and out three times, you hold it, you see how long it is, you compare yourself to the values that are given for that. I think that bumping that up, whether it's doing some Buteco breathing or Wim Hof breathing, what kind of jives with you, it is quite helpful. 130. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can finish your thought if you want. I mean, I, want no, to I think I was it. done. I think that was it. That's I right. actually felt really good about that. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that, that concept. And yeah, um, for me, doing three minutes of crocodile breathing face down, where I really focus on my belly breaths, mm -hmm. uh, is meditative. Like it's my hack into meditation. I'd rather do three minutes of 
breathing practice, focused breathing practice, then 10 minutes of sitting there trying to quiet my mind because I drink coffee and that goes back to that. So uh, <laughs> no, it, 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 it's definitely, they're, they're all different, slightly different stimuli and have different journeys and paths that I think are worth respecting and thinking about and talking about. So um, yeah, I think that's phenomenal um, in, in regards to all of that. Um, and yeah, breathing for, of course, comes back to being one of the most powerful tools we have 23,000 times a day. We do breathe. So maybe we should do it better. Bless you. Um, let's you. jump over to one of the other big foundations of health is sleeping. Uh, maybe if you can 90 seconds, knock out top things to think about to improve your sleep. Three, yeah. two, one, go. Broken record. Steve's going to say assess before you address. So <laughs> I don't think anyone knows whether you're sleeping well or not. And I'm, I'm saying metrics like this aura ring are helpful, but again, it's just part of the data. You have the subjective and you have the objective and just like anything you want to combo the two. So I think you can gauge how you feel throughout the day. That's a quick and easy assessment. How you feel when you wake up, how hard it is for you to get out of bed. That's helpful. How anxious you feel throughout the day. I think it makes sense that if you were underslept and we were still kind of living in the wild, how that would make you a little more on guard. I think those are three subjective variables that you can track. But as far as objectivity, how much, how long are you in bed? How quality how much sleep are you actually getting while you're in bed? And then what are the ratios between deep sleep? So all that I, I, seven and a half hours, if you want something that's night, like shoot for, but some people can get by with a little bit less, but a lot less people can get by with less than they think. hundred percent. I was only one Oh one. Whoa. Um, <laughs> sleep one Oh one. So uh, with the leftover time there, I'll, I'll add in. Yeah, definitely track it, assess. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah, it, it all comes back to how we started our day, how we started this podcast of getting your sunlight ready, cortisol ready. There should be a rhythm to your day. Uh, again, we are meant to kind of wake up with the sun and, and go to sleep as the sun sets, uh, you know, the crazy thing. Yeah, so there's a lot there to the biology, but sleep is one of the most undervalued tools we have for regulating hormones uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, we'll move on to next topic being heat exposure. We can, you can go into a little heat versus cold, but I try to go to the sauna, uh, although it's broken right now, which I'm very upset about with our HOA, our community here, is, uh, is a sauna, heat exposure, cold exposure. Uh, do you utilize it? Uh, and how often should folks think about that? Three, two, one, I'll go. Yeah, I would if I had easy access to it and, and I'm just being totally honest. And that's where I've looked into kind of like sauna blankets and things like that. I think once we end up in a house, we'll end up getting that because there's just, a, it's just big enough. But I mean, if you look at the data and again, when you, when I don't have access to something and I'm not doing a lot of me search and it's hard in the city for anic data to occur because not a lot of people have access to them. I would say that you, you end up, needing to just look at the research and really the more you can get into a sauna. So this is look at the people that do it one time a week or between two to three times a week or four to seven times a week, the more times you do it, the better off it is. And not to make yourself in 19 minutes was actually the uh, kind of cutoff for, for when it stopped looking at another category. But if you look at it, people who do like under 11 minutes or like 11 to 19 minutes or 19 minutes or above, 
the longer you stay in there, the better off it is too. the, the decreased hazard ratio for cardiovascular events. And that, that was the one specific like meta analysis that I looked, that I've looked at. So yeah, get in there, get, get to it. Are we talking about cold too? Should I just touch on that real quick? I'll give you an additional 60 seconds. Okay, perfect. Cold because you can jump in the shower and turn that to cold. I think you can hit that. What, what, what do you shower like every like two weeks or something? What, what do you yeah, get it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever you shower, which is like, you know, uh, every fortnight or so. Now, if you do that every day, I think that can be pretty helpful. But realize that that cold exposure is very different from actually cold immersion therapy. They, they have similarities, but they are different. I think cold exposure like that, where you just kind of like let it hit you for a minute or two or three or whatever it is, it's primarily just like lighting up your nervous system to know what pain feels like. And then resets your whole, like almost a posterior activation potential where it resets your uh, spectrum for what you're expecting. So it makes everything else just feel a little bit better. Perfect. And well, well under time for our additional bonus time there and all that. And yeah, I, I, I do a lot of, and you get adapted as well. So that's something to understand. Again, the first few times you do it, it might be uncomfortable and either hot or cold. So depending on how much exposure you have to that, the big thing here, and again, we've kind of, again, I want to, I want to, I want as the kind of host here, uh, kind of, uh, I want to highlight some of the themes we're talking about. Again, max heart rate, uh, heavy lifting, all these things, and you have to earn all of these different things and understand how to progress and expose yourself to them. But a lot of the theme there is a hormetic response, homeostasis, but exposing to things that are a little uncomfortable, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. The more you can do that, we went back to our uh, deadlift 2X kind of, or, or 1.5X body weight. Again, and that might change male, female, like you said about heart rate, uh, theoretical stuff. But yeah, at the end of the day, exposing yourself to uncomfortable stuff and doing that will set you up for long-term success. Um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, fermented foods, big topic. Whoa, look at you Where with the one go. Yeah, this is a huge, it depends. Um, <laughs> let's go to the pro and con for it. The, the pro for fermented foods is that it may help your microbiome become a little bit more diverse and robust. The flip side of it is some people's microbiomes are already on the overgrowny side. And for those people, it's gonna to totally light them up. Again, to make this like more personal, I've seen people who have gone the plant-based route and it has torched them. Specifically their skin, they see it just like smoke. And your skin is a the best proxy for your gut health that you can find. And so they were already on the, the side of like, oh, there's plenty of bacteria, fungi, archaea, in their small intestine. And then when you drop in a like, now I'm going to get super healthy and go plant-based. And then you drop in a ton of fiber and a ton of fermented foods. Then, and, and actually I realized you said fermented foods, not fermentable foods. So mm. sometimes when foods are already fermented, it makes them easier to digest. So almost like if that's what you were listening for, just flip a lot of the things. that. <laughs> I, but fermentable foods is what I was speaking about. Fermented foods can sometimes be higher or lower in their fermentability, meaning like they've already broken down a little bit, so they're easier. Um, and then, yeah, just just buyer beware because it's not like just take slow incremental changes towards it. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again, there's a lot there. That's definitely one where, again, just taking a probiotic over the counter, 
uh, might do more harm than good in some situations. Uh, it's funny you brought up the, the whole plant-based concepts. A friend of mine actually asked me to check out a YouTube page that was plant-based, a uh, plant-based whatever uh, influencer girl that, and you could see her skin was not great. And she did talk about that journey. Uh, and, and I kind of wanted to scream or, or engage in that comment section about like, like there's something missing here and she was a bit younger and she was you know pushing this plant-based lifestyle which is great but uh again when you start seeing these things you have flare-ups like we're not doing the deeper work of, of what needs to really get assessed and like it's everyone wants to find this plant-based will fix everything and it's like eh, there might be some other things going on there so at the end of the day it depends we'll allow it there um and definitely deeper topic to go into let's do one more do you have one you want to do? You have something that we haven't touched on? No, you go. I got. I, I, and just for the record, I have not seen any of these topics, so this is very exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot to say that. We, that we is why I'm at like a max heart rate right now. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, we just we just threw it all right right at him. So, um, in terms of of health, here we go. Um, I'm gonna make this the big one. One of my favorite topics. Uh, the, 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 the bias or whatever thing I'm trying to lead you to is an annual orthopedic screen movement. Screen. Oh, come on. Yeah. Um, I know we're, we're both fans of that, but I guess in 90 seconds, let's talk about the concept of a movement practice. And so if somebody's doing Peloton, if somebody's doing Pilates, um, how do we think about a movement practice and our long-term movement skill? Three, two, one, go. Yeah, diversity, diversity, diversity. Um, you just kind of, we started talking early about when we're lifting, we were talking about deadlifting. And deadlifting is one of the, I would say, eight major foundations of exercise. You have your core work, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, locomotion, rotation. You got to hit all those. And I'm not picking on Peloton, but it is knee flexion, extension, knee flexion, extension, knee flexion, extension, some hip movement. And that's really what's happening. And you're burning calories and that's great. And you're pumping through your heart. So that's great. And you're getting your muscles to hopefully maintain, depending on how trained you are, maybe gain, maybe maintain, maybe not lose as fast, depending on where you're at. It's strength. So all good, great, grand. That's it. But diversity is, is has to be done. Everyone should do an annual movement screen. No questions asked. It's bananas to me that I even have to sell people on this, but it would be awesome if down the road in a perfect, like you're building a society from scratch, people can go and it's covered by insurance. One time they go see a physical therapist every year. Let's push for that. Sounds like a good idea, but yeah, you need to diversify the S out of your movement. You don't want to just, you can do one thing for a little while to get good at it. Now move on to the next thing, but keep on doing that thing once a month, once every two months, once a week, once every two weeks. Perfect. 124. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, and it goes back to that plant-based concept of like every, you know, Peloton is my one thing I'm doing and that's all. And you're going to see it feels good. And again, you can chase it for a while, but uh, it's leaving deficiencies just like, you know, some plant-based diets. If you're not supplementing with all the right vitamin D's, yeah. vitamin B12s. Um, so that's it. It's, it's go. And, and again, I throw in the old school, like there used to be a doctor that you would see and maybe that doctor in the neighborhood, like, you know, everyone knew, uh, and I always think of uh, Field of Dreams, uh, you know, the, the, the one doc who had the at-bat that they had to chase down, what was his name, like Moon something, or his nickname, Sounds anyway, right. I forget. But he was the doctor of the town, and, like, he made 
he, ne he never made it as a baseball player, but he made it as a position for that town. And God knows how many lives he impacted in that town over those years. But he was the guy. And again, most people don't have a movement guy. And they're always looking for that. And they get excited. Oh, I love taking classes with so-and-so in Peloton or whatever. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think we're advocating for, and, and I, I, I don't know how we're going to push that into the future of, you know, the APTA doesn't seem to be addressing it the way they should. And it's come up before, I know, to their House of Delegates and things like that. But uh, yeah, how do we get folks to do an annual movement screen? If, if you go to the dentist twice a year to get your teeth checked, why are we not going at least once a year to get our movements checked, our aches and pains, make sure your shoulders are functioning, make sure you're breathing, like these things need to get pointed out. Maybe again, we have a team of folks who can, you know, identify, work on your breathing, work on your hip mobility, work on your foot mechanics, um, all that stuff. So yeah, I went a little over time, but I want to wrap it up there unless you had other closing thoughts, but I think this was a good experiment of rapid fireness. Um, yeah. And again, without having seen any of the questions, you know, I think that's the beauty of, of folks like this guy uh, is <laughs> he's ready to go. Um, yeah. So other than that, do you want, did we, did we get enough of a plug for your course coming up? Yeah, I, I would say come, come to the course. It's really great. The first course was phenomenal. You don't need to have taken the first one by any means. I'll send you a quick 20 minute video. You'll film it, do that on two people, send you a PowerPoint. Oh yeah. We're bringing that back as we wrap Bring it up. It back. Yeah. Links in the bio, man. Just hit it. This is a pleasure. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, I'm sure there's someone you can help grow their health and fitness with sharing this episode. If you got any use out of it, again, please leave a rating, review. All that good stuff helps us reach more people, improve society. Uh, you know, no biggie. We're just trying to fix the world one movement practice at a time. We're going to sign off as Steve gets a little crazy with his dancing. All right. <laughs> See you guys next time.